perfect. All right, so wanted to talk about what is kind of buzzing right now immediately after what happened last night with Eagle League. It was a great production. It was exciting through and through. We had the top eight competitors play, and there was something of a Cinderella story that emerged as Smug, who started in the loser's bracket and started against Fujimura. Um, no one expected him to go very far. Everyone expected, like every fantasy bracket, with the exception of maybe like 1% or something like that, would probably say that Smug was going out uh, first round. Not that he's not a good player, of course, but because Fujimura has been so hot and um, like he was one of the favorites to win it. Well, Smug 3-0s the guy. And then he uh, plays, I think it was Punk after that, and, and, and demolishes him, ends up beating Daigo. Long story short, Smug makes it all the way to grand finals against Tokido. 3-0s Tokido in grand finals for the reset. And everyone is losing their mind. This is like, this is such a dramatic and enticing story. Well, uh, as we know, <laughs> it's painfully true, E-League is also um, on TBS, right? It's, it's, it's on TV. And there were plenty of commercial breaks that were put into the production. And so we're here like trying to follow and update the story uh, so that we can keep, you know, the results page and everything going, watching for highlights, all that good stuff. And we're noticing, of course, every single one of these breaks where they uh, they take some time away from the action, um, not only to like for the players to get ready, but also to like do some analysis. And then there's like, you know, just just ads and things like that and a counter, um, like a two minute counter that we have to sit through and stuff. And they took one of these breaks right after the reset. And what people are saying now is that, well, of course, after the reset happened, um, they ran it back for the for the second set in losers and Tokido ended up winning. I think the final was 3-1, correct me if I'm wrong there, um, and Smug lost. And it was like, oh man, you know, he had so much momentum. People immediately took to Twitter to say, first of all, when the break first happened, this sucks so bad. What are they doing? You can't stop someone's momentum like this. And part of that was also like, I just don't want to stop watching this right now. I don't want to wait to see what happens. I just want to consume it right now. Um, but the other part was after Smug lost, a lot of people were not everybody saying directly, but there was a lot of sentiment out there right now that this happened maybe because Smug was iced. Smug had to stop playing. Tokido got to sit and get a breather and think about things. And that ultimately this was not the right way to run this kind of event. Um, and, it, and it's, it, it, I want to jump in here and just be very clear. Uh, I said this right when it happened, right at the moment where we're all sitting there on Skype and, and talking with our, our coworkers. And I said, this break helps Tokido. Like, there's no way that break did not help him. Uh, the bottom line is Street Fighter V is momentum based. When you have a chance to sit back and think about what went wrong and all that other kind of stuff, like, it's a big deal. And so it definitely helped Tokido. But yeah, we're we're gonna get into more there. So, I, but I just want to be clear. Like, I, and and I'll throw it back at you. Like, do you see any scenario out there where that's not an advantage for Tokido at that point in time? No, uh, there. It certainly is uh, an advantage for Tokido, and and by by that you know fact, it's also a disadvantage for Smug. Mm-hmm. I think what the question we're trying to answer right now, though, is. Is that something that shouldn't be a thing in these kinds of events? And I'm going to be completely honest right now. uh, You know, I'm kind of on the fence right now. I'm trying to like through this discussion with you and through how the community reacts to this and how it continues to react. And we'll see, you know, more opinions that come out, more explanations and things like that. um, I'm trying to figure out my own stance on it right now. I'm heavily leaning towards uh, this is part of the whole enchilada this is part of life them's the breaks it is unfortunate but i mean this is how things work and you look at um 
you mean you look at professional sports and you say, well, there there are breaks in that all of the time, and and they even do things, you know, like in football, for instance, when uh, they do something called icing the kicker. And for those that don't know what that is, when you uh, when there's a kicker going to try to kick a field goal and often very close to the end of the game, very, very intense moment where the pressure is absolutely on, um, the opposing team will let everything get set up. Everyone will be ready to go uh, and just be waiting for the quarterback to basically hike the ball so that the kicker can take his kick and they'll call a timeout real quick and basically try to throw the kicker off of his rhythm. And sometimes they'll do it multiple times. That's called icing the kicker. And that's, I mean, so, so I say that to say like, that's a legitimate strategy and that's essentially what happened to smug there. You could argue that's exactly what happened to smug. He got iced, but here's the thing. It happened because of the e-league broadcast, you know, entity. It wasn't something that Tokido did as a strategy. It just happened to happen in favor of Tokido in this instance. And you have to ask yourself, well, should this be part of it? Should essentially the person that just got reset in the situation have that kind of advantage to be able to take, I think it was a two minute break. So a two minute breather and think about everything, or should they have to, as is traditionally the situation in fighting game tournaments have to just go straight back into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, for me, it's like, look, if this is communicated in advance and, and very clear to the players, whatever rules or whatever rules they have, if you have to, you know, stand on top of your head and, and, play a match and that's how they say that grand finals are going to go <laughs> that's what you do you know kind of thing and and that's that's simple you know it, it's it, people get all bent out of shape when when things change and whatnot but the bottom line for me and i'm going to do a little mic drop here is <laughs> that these breaks equal prize money and if you want to be playing for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, guess what these breaks are the commercials that they show that's where they're earning the money to do this and to put this on. And those breaks pay for everything. Uh, it happens in pro sports all up and down where you're constantly having commercials, you have timeouts, you have all this other stuff to get commercials in there so that it pays for all the stuff that you're seeing, basically. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is like, look, unless you want to be paying, uh, playing for basically nothing or, you know, the normal prize pots we see, which are there are plenty of tournaments out there that do that. If you want to play an E-League, get used to breaks. Well, and then, so here's the thing that, because I thought of that as well, um, but I'm not an expert. I have watched a a fair share of professional sports on TV and such, and it seems as though commercial breaks there are more based around the pace of the game and not the other way around. So it's like when, in in baseball, when there is a, uh, like a pitching change or when an inning change happens, that's when they're going to throw the breaks in there. In uh, basketball, when a timeout happens or, or something like that, when there is a legitimate break in the action, that's when they go to commercial. And sometimes commercials well, will be super quick because yeah, follow, that's only... Yeah, yeah I follow the NBA very closely. And what they do is they... So you're right. Like it, it seems much more organic, but they've organically baked those breaks in to get timeouts in. So for example, the NBA has mandatory breaks that they have in there. And so every, let's say like five minutes of playtime that goes by, like whenever there's a stoppage of play, if there hasn't been a break, they make you take a timeout break, basically, and run a commercial and all that kind of I stuff. I see. Okay. So yeah. So it's it, you don't notice it because it's it's done very organically. But all the professional sports, uh, the TV contracts, just so people, if you don't know, TV contracts are the number one money maker in professional sports. That's how come these athletes are making millions upon millions of dollars, uh, especially in the NBA. Their TV contract was just gigantic, uh, billions of dollars, I think, like uh, five billion somewhere around there. Like, don't quote me on that, but. Just just a ridiculous amount of money and yeah and so, so it's, 
Mm-hmm. So we can't be mad, I don't think, at E-League in the sense that this was something that they clearly communicated to the players beforehand. I think that the 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 question isn't, was E-League in the wrong here? The question is, is this how the FGC wants to continue to do things in the future where the possibility, or even I would say it's likely, that we'll see breaks in between... Um, you know, grand finals resets are very intense moments where we don't normally see them like in, in tournament before. And, and like you said, well, that's where the money comes from. It's like, well, okay, yep. but do we have to have a break right there? Or could could it be at other more strategic places, you know, where, I, I don't know, maybe it's really good for, um, you know, E-League to have a break right there because they know they have all eyes. I mean, I, I, would, I would venture to guess that I mean, that was the most intense part of the tournament, right? Everyone's like, is Smug going to do this? And holy crap, he just reset the bracket. All you know, Everyone's calling their friends, are you watching this right now? So, of course, you're going to have the most eyes on it. Maybe that is the most strategic place to put a break, and we should expect breaks to be in those kind of places if we continue forward with the stuff. So I'm going to throw this out there, and I'm kind of seeing a lot of salt and whatnot about Twitter on Twitter about this, and I'm going to say flat out, like, if Smug wins... Are the same complaints there? Are people still complaining about this and whatnot? Is it really just because Tokido won the tournament and he deserved to win it, in my opinion? He outplayed Smug, very clearly outplayed Smug at the very end. Um, you know, the break helped him. I agree with that. But, you know, both players knew the break was coming. Is Do these complaints even happen if Smug wins? Well, you know, and I, I haven't seen any complaints from Smug about it. Uh, on Twitter, I think the only thing he said so far was essentially, you know, I had a great run, Tokido beat me, and he, and he made a joke about he beat me because he had that measuring tape, and that was it, you know, and right. and so very graceful loser, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't even, <laughs> a very graceful second place, um, there you, go. you know, but... Uh, some of the people that we have seen jump on Twitter and, and express not necessarily that they think it was wrong. Some of them just are saying that they think it was unfortunate. Um, like, like you know, you have people like Ultra David who jumped on and I think and said, uh, I have it right here in front of me. This break is actually too much. Everything else has been great about E-League this year, but this is a bummer, friends. And I know uh, Marin chimed in just to say that this kind of really sucks. Um, Snake Eyes, who was actually part of E-League in the, in the earlier... Um, you know uh, uh, the bracket or the uh, the round robin phase. He had like some. He said I, I wasn't really a you know a big fan of this. Um, he said I still really like E League. Uh, Mena RD, the Capcom Ch- Capcom Cup champion that uh, was also part of E League, said that break got me extremely pissed. I'm not saying anything, but that I'm really angry at the way of playing a tournament. Good night. Um, so like there, it's like, well, are you pissed because <laughs> this is wrong or is it just unfortunate? You know, um, Flo came out and I, I saw multiple tweets from him very clearly expressing that he does not think this is how things should have gone. Um, it, it was more of just like he, he legitimately said this hurts the legitimacy of the event. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of like a big a big part of this is like, well, is it unfortunate or does it hurt the legitimacy? Flow is of the uh, of the mind that it, it legitimately hurts the legitimacy of the event. Say that ten times fast. <laughs> um, Arturo Sanchez said, "Please, E-League TV, never do commercial breaks in the middle of grand finals again. A two minute break is a momentum killer." Uh, and then, um, but it wasn't it wasn't everybody saying this kind of a thing. Right. There were others that that had um, you know 
arguments essentially to the to the alternative. And uh, like I think James Chen was one of those people who said, you know, like it, it's it sucks, but like this is this is the way things are. You know, them's the breaks kind of a thing. Uh, Fong, who was a uh, a Capcom employee up until maybe like a year ago or so, worked directly with Street Fighter V and such. He took to Twitter to say, Champions persevere through adversity, whether it's being on the receiving end of a 0-3 to reset or having to deal with a break in momentum. Uh, which I thought was very interesting. It's like, yeah, that's kind of the argument against it. It's like, if Smug is truly good enough, then he's going to beat Tokido, and then he's also going to beat Tokido when he has to wait through a, a two-minute break. And it's like, it's it's a sense of testing metal. And, and I guess the, the further... Um, if you dig a little deeper into that, it's to say that Smug doesn't only win because he has momentum. Smug wins because he knows how to beat an opponent, right? Even if you have the weight of having to legitimately wait through a break. Um, and then my uh, my buddy Rambro, who who uh, is here locally in Arizona, responded to Fong's tweet there and said, this all would have been fine if Tokido himself called the timeout. Which is interesting because I'm I'm sure I haven't seen the the writing anywhere, but I'm sure the players could do something like that. I, I would assume so. It's like, hey, I need a break, you know, I need a breather. That kind of a thing is probably baked into there as well. I, I guess if we uh, maybe if we were able to dive into the fine text of the E League such, I don't know if that's available or not. But yeah, yeah. that is true. Like, uh, I mean, if Tokido was like, give me a breather, I'm sure they would have given him a minute or two minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like like you know, like you said, timeouts are a thing in pro sports. So, I don't know. Where do you, do do you have an opinion on this as to where you kind of like ultimately stand, given all of this information and, and such that we've looked at? Yeah, I'll I'll use an opinion with a uh, comparison to the NBA. Uh, if Michael Jordan goes down and scores ten buckets in a row, and you call timeout to break his momentum. Uh, he's still coming back to score another couple buckets later on down the road. You know, he's still going to beat you one way or another. And this is just simply part of what you have to deal with. It's part of the new rules of the FGC for this type of event. And I, I get that. We've always done things the the way, a different way before. We never do a break in grand finals. And, you know, I mean, if, if I had my preference, it's like there would be no break. But... The bottom line is different events, different rules, and whatever those rules are, you adapt to them and you deal with it. So. And so the, do you think that it's worth it for the FGC to embrace this kind of a thing, knowing that, like, okay, so what do you get? You get E-League. You get this yep. Invitational. You get $250,000 of a prize pool. What do you have to pay for it? Well, kind of the tradition of having, you know, more fluid uh, you know, process. And it's like, there's a lot of breaks that happen, you know, organically yeah. in tournament. Talk about tournament standard time. Well, so-and-so didn't show up. So now you don't get to play your next match. Maybe you just lost and you go into loser's bracket. Well, so-and-so has to, Chris G has to go play Marvel for, you know, half an hour. And then he has injustice. And then we're also, then you so you have to wait for him. Like I, I remember having to legitimately wait for Chris G in a uh, team tournament one time uh, because he was off playing other games. And it's like, yeah, those kind of things happen just organically from the tournament. So you have to just sit there and wait. Not exactly the same thing because I'm not playing him immediately and then he gets up and goes and does something else but as far as my tournament spree it's like you don't just get to play one game next game next game next game um so things get kind of jumbled there and and so yeah I'm I'm really leaning towards the idea that it is worth it to have e-league and to have this kind of a thing going on to get the you know people's eyes on this from however many other viewers E-League reaches and, and then like the opportunity for players to make this kind of money and to get on these kind of stages and for 
you know, everything that E-League brings, the professionalism and the eyes and all that stuff, it's like, yeah, this is this is life. And it's not life like we understood it before. It is a little bit different. But I think that, yeah, ultimately it is really worth it. And I haven't really seen an argument against it. I think a lot of the arguments against it are just emotional, right? Yeah. And and those that really wanted Smug to win, like, well, here's an excuse as to why he didn't win. That's very low-hanging, like, you, yeah, I'm going to grab that because I can to say that, you know, my guy lost, but there's a little asterisk next to his name. I get that. Everybody, everybody leans toward wanting to do that kind of a thing. So I think a lot of the negativity that's come up is because of that or motivated by that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just want to give people an actual example here of what happened at E-League. Uh, the first match of the day was Tokido versus Punk. That was started at, uh, I think, like right around, like let's say, like 3.15 Pacific time. And then Tokido didn't play again until winner's finals against Daigo. There were one, two, three, four, five, five matches that happened between there. So what is that, like maybe a two to three hour, you know, gap or something well, like yeah, that? Yeah, and there were yeah. consistent breaks between, you know, each match and everything like that, too. So, so yeah, yeah, two hours is not by any means a, a stretch. Yeah, and so, I mean, that was a very long break, regardless of how much time it was, between Tokido playing one match and then playing his second match of the day, you know, and that's how tournaments go. It's uh, I remember infamously leaving my pool at, at SDR because uh, the bracket organizer, very nice guy, uh, but he was like, hey, it's going to be a long time, you know, come back, you know, after a while and stuff, like, you're not going to be able to play again for a bit. And I'm like, okay. And then I left, I played casuals for a while, and he came back, and I'm like, sorry, dude, I had to DQ. You, you oh left, you know, gosh, kind of, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, ah, and it's like, it's so it's it sucks, but that's reality. And you learn this stuff over time. Tokido is a veteran among veterans. Smug is too, and Smug is a very bright dude. He plays it off like he's a jokester and other things like that. But he's a highly intelligent player, a highly capable player, and it's just he wasn't able to adjust in the grand final stage at that moment in time. And that's why I think you're not seeing much like salt and stuff from him. He did very well. Uh, he is, I mean, Balrog's not a great character in this in this version of the game. He's beating the best players right now uh, around. He did phenomenal. And even, even in the grand final set, Tokido made some big, massive adjustments there. Uh, but he, Smug still looked good. He's still a good, like, uh, Tokido won on a DP. He was about to yeah. lose, and he took a $110,000 DP and did it. Like, not that he would have lost the tournament there necessarily, but, like, that was a risky move he did at that point in time. And and he bet it all. And that's the difference between uh, first place and second place is $110,000. Mm-hmm. And he was about to lose, and he's like, I'm going to DP right here. And, and he, if Smug blocks that, uh, and a lot of people were calling Smug out, like, why didn't you block that? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like the the difference between you know um, those kind of reads in Street Fighter Five are so tiny, like just that, like adding a delay in and all that kind of stuff. But there's so much more happening. Before it was a very that. Street Fighter Five moment. Yes, exactly. Uh, oh man, but that's kind of its own story there. But anyway, <laughs> regardless, uh, Tokido bet it hard kind of thing at that moment in time and things could have completely swung around momentum wise it's not like smug got pieced out like 3-0 and it wasn't close and whatnot those games were coming down pretty darn close like smug was hanging right in there in in street fighter 5 like we talked about before is a game a very minute kind of interactions that that are big time in the game like if you miss that or you do that like you're done. You're done, and you're probably dead. And yeah, you've got a chance to make a correct read and get out of it and whatnot. But you want to minimize those instances of luck. Our reads kind of deciding it. You want to make the the smart plays and the smart opportunities when they're presented, so that when you have to make a read, 
you know, it's you're not depending on making those heavy, hard reads to win a match. Mm-hmm. I uh, I pulled up a few of the uh, more positive tweets about it. Um, GB Dojo said both players were informed that there would be a break if the bracket was reset and were comfortable with it. With $150,000 on the line, you have to be prepared for everything. Um, and then, as I no- noted earlier, James Chen, he said, as fun as it is to make memes about it, it is just salt in the end. Tokido absolutely deserves the win. He c- he's clearly number one in the world right now. Everyone knows how much of a fan of his I am. Just sucks that it had to go down in that fashion. I'm going to flat out say James Chen is wrong there. Tokido is not the number one player right now. It's infiltration. But that's just oh, my opinion. So. You Monat players, you, you flock together. Hey, you know what? No, Infiltration has had more consistent results than anyone. And Tokido has been getting random out in tournaments. And, and random out being relative, like he's getting ninth place at premieres. You know, kind of thing. So bear with me here. But um, he won E-League. Good for him. Uh, let's see more consistency from Tokido uh, because he's getting bodied in a number of tournaments as well. So, yeah. But I digress. <laughs> my apologies. So. Um, yeah. So, so you know what? I, as far as I'm personally concerned, I after this conversation and, and seeing these, you know, kind of an, analyzing it, seeing these tweets and such, I think that I'm pretty firmly right now in the camp that – it wasn't wrong. It might have been a little bit unfortunate, but it's not like I wouldn't even say that they have to not do breaks in the middle of grand finals. I don't know, again, the details of if they have to do that or not, or if it behooves them more to do it at that time, um, you know, business wise and financials wise and such. But I would accept that 100% if that's the case. Like that's how things roll. Now, I'm also open to having more conversation if people are you know, if they have an argument for this beyond just emotion, you know, emotional reaction to it, then I'm all ears. Like, I I want to be corrected if there's a correction to be made. But that's kind of where I stand right now. Yeah. And on the the breaks issue, actually, one of the things I did bring up is uh, E-League was breaking between every single match. And at the earlier stages of top eight, I would have liked to see it like a break every two matches. And that kind of keeps the momentum going a little bit more in terms of just from a viewership standpoint. I thought the breaks got a little bit intense, like in there in terms of just from a viewership standpoint, just a watchability standpoint. Mm-hmm. So over, again, overall, I thought it was pretty darn good. I thought they did a pretty good job with running things. But uh, yeah. So. It'll be interesting to see E-League's response here. I mean, again, this is a new venture in a lot of ways. We've done it once before as far as fighting games are concerned with E-League uh, being on TV like this. And there's a lot of kind of kinks that will get worked out. Now, I don't know if this is one of them. We'll see if they if they come out with a formal response or if they do it again next year, what things will look like next year. Maybe there will be no change. Maybe they'll do that. You know, they'll take that into account and do a break every two matches or something like that. Uh, but again, like this is, this is a new venture. And and we've seen that with any new venture ever. Like, look at the Capcom Pro Tour and the adjustments that have been made over the past couple of years as we, like, kind of run into walls and, and figure things out. It's like, yeah, you, you kind of, sometimes you kind of guess and check and, and, you know, you have your failure stones on the way to success and like stepping stones towards success. So um, it'll be interesting to see how things play out in the future. But for now, I'm not super upset. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited that Smug did as well as he did. He went home with, I think, $40,000, which is yeah, it's a pretty good payday, you know, so... Um, so yeah, all in all, I think uh, I think we've pretty much discussed everything as far as you know we're concerned here on this end of things. But if you guys listening have your own opinions and such, please chime in, let us know. Um, again, if you have a, an argument to the to the other side of things, I'd love to hear it. Love to have a discussion and such. So anything else from you, boss? Actually, yeah, I, I did want to talk a little bit about uh, Smug's defense in the game, and he, that's something he's been on blast for for the 
longest time as far as I can remember in terms of like, yeah, he's a great offensive player, you know, going to take you to Duff City or whatever, you know, the, the catchphrase is. And his defense was really on point. Like he had been working on it so much and he's heard the critics out there about him. And just watching him interrupt strings and just his timing and just kind of the brilliance of what he played. Like I think people are getting caught up in the controversy, which is fine. That's what we want to talk about like afterwards. But I do want to give Bryant like a really big tip of the cap in terms of him working so hard on his defensive ability and just bringing it up to a level. That's why he got there. You know, it's his offense has always been great and now he's able to make mix it in with much more well-rounded play and I just it's it's no one thought no one saw that coming you know no one saw smug going in as you said except for like you know the one percent of people out there that put him in the bracket and whatnot and, and this stuff is so very hard to predict and very few people saw smug doing this and it's why we play the game it's why we watch this stuff is to see the unexpected happen to see the drama to see the oh man like did you guys like look at smug look at what he's doing with ball rock like you you can't do that with that character this character has been nerfed into the ground like he was beyond stupid before now he's you know a 3.5 character he's he's whatever he's somewhere in the mid tiers and whatnot most of the people have dropped him that were playing him before and here's smug who stayed with the character and who's just simply went you know into the lab and leveled up apparently by playing Fortnite. but that's a different story but anyway <laughs> but he's again he's back there he's doing his thing he's really great on the camera i i just i mean i i know people are upset and stuff about like how he did i just a giant tip of the cap to this guy for for really putting in the work staying the course and just doing an awesome job yeah, absolutely. And and this gives us something to look forward to. Like the next time Smug's in a tournament, you better believe all eyes are going to be on him in a way that they haven't been before. So, so much good has come out of this. And it's kind of unfortunate that, uh, I mean, obviously that something like this that's more controversial and, and such is going to rise to the surface very quickly. But there's a lot of good um, and positive that that's develops because of Smug's run here. And and again, I'm I'm excited to see what happens in the future. Exactly. We got Evo coming up here really soon. It's going to be a great ride uh, that pays out like five bucks. But hey, it's still a great <laughs> ride along the way. And uh, we'll go from there. Except for, you know, obviously Capcom puts quite a bit of money into Evo. So props to them. But more, you know, kind of a little shout there for the Evo tournament organizers who continue to really try to dissuade uh, them putting money into the tournament. So maybe they'll do that one day. So let's hope. So <laughs> perhaps, perhaps a future podcast topic for more yeah. depth there. Yeah. It sounds like you have something to say. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe just a little bit of, of watching them knock esports and kind of like the growing scene and whatnot and writing articles about like how bad it sucks and whatnot. Maybe just a little bit of a, a notice needs to be kind of shined on that and whatnot. And everyone kind of running uh, afraid from the Evo people because they're, they're too afraid to, to say anything about it but not us we can definitely <laughs> say what we want to say so so yeah all right uh well i think that I, i've said all i have to say if you have any more though no i'll, I'll save it for another podcast so. <laughs> all right guys thanks for tuning in we'll uh we'll catch you soon all right catch you guys soon